This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. The headline should read, Hi Ho Silver, the worst kept secret in football is out there. Everton have appointed Marco Silva as their new manager. I'm Everton correspondent Phil Kirkbride, and I'm joined by Head of Sport Dave Prentice and Ian Kroll for a special table gathering uh, all about Marco Silva, Everton's new man. And Gents, first off, we'll just go around the table. Initial thoughts that finally Everton have got the job done, the man they wanted. Is he the right man? Oh God, only time will tell on that one. Um, I'm relieved it's over. Um, it's been a, the worst kept secret in football, I suppose, for the last couple of weeks. So we've had plenty of time to you know, look back into Marco Silva's back catalogue, if you like, and what we might expect. And, you know, he's a bright, promising young coach. He's had a couple of, uh, you know, prematurely curtailed, uh, you know, sort of jobs in England with, uh, with Watford and Hull City. Prior to that, you know, was very, very impressive uh, in Greece and in Portugal. Um, I'd, I'd echo, I think, probably what you've said, Phil, in your comment piece today, that, you know, Everton need to get behind Marco Silva now, you know, regardless of whether you agree with the appointment, whether you wanted a more exciting, you know, sort of bigger name or not, doesn't matter. You know, so Everton, Everton and Evertonians have to fully support this move now because Everton needs stability more than anything. Uh, they've had too many, you know, fractured managerial relationships in the last uh, last few years. Uh, too many managers have come and go, gone too soon. You know, if we think back to the David Moyes era, you know, when he had a promising first season and then a fairly turbulent second season, then a decent third season and a dodgy fourth one, Everson kept faith with him and they were rewarded uh, for that faith by eventually getting some pretty solid, you know, pretty decent seasons compared to what we've been seeing in recent years. So, yeah, I mean, time will tell if he's the right man, but, you know, pretty much let's get behind the guy and give him as much support as we possibly can. There are obviously a couple of key relationships that Marco Silva will be uh, looking out for. But Ian, just give us your thoughts initially, mate, on, on, on the appointment. And, you know, as we said, we knew it was coming, but your reaction now that it's done and Marco's in the door, he's got the scarf, the shirt's on, it's all uh, done and dusted. Yeah, I think I have to really echo what Dave said. I think I'm just quite relieved now that the appointment's been made. And, you know, you'd like to think that there's a plan moving forward into the summer and the, the transfer window. Um, brands as well as obviously uh, starting starting his job tomorrow will be at Finch Farm so I think um, it's worked out quite well um, I don't want to be a, a negative Nelly but I can sense a butt coming yeah, in there, there is a but I think yeah. from, from my point of view I maybe wanted a bigger name maybe Everton weren't a big enough name at this point in time to attract yeah. a managerial appointment who has maybe had success in Europe on the continent um, obviously, I know Silva has had success on the continent, but he's come to the Premier League, albeit with you know lower, lowly league teams, and um, you know probably his his record has been average, really at best. I think he's got a a thirty percent win ratio in the Premier League. Um, but like I say, I don't I don't want to be negative. It, it, he's been appointed. Um, I'm happy. I've you know you know the video that and the quotes that Everton have put out from Silva this afternoon. Um, it did certainly give me goosebumps, and I'm just hoping that uh, he's going to be here for a couple of years yet. No, I, I get that, you know, mindset. I mean, you know, people look at West Ham attracting, you know, Pellegrini, who's won, you know, Premier League, you know, titles and stuff. But equally, he's only been around, you know, five minutes at most clubs. He's been asked Marco Silva, and he's only just effectively started to do a good job when the rug tends to be being pulled from under him. 
people were initially a little bit concerned about the, uh, the sporting Lisbon experience until you actually look at the circumstances of that. And you know, the guy was you know sort of very very harshly dealt with there. Sacked um, for not wearing a club suit. Uh, allegedly, yes. Uh, and then mysteriously, the guy from Benfica down the road takes over. Oh. You know, on a much higher salary, <laughs> and still hasn't won anything, by the way. Um, no, he's uh, he's only been at a club for a short period of time everywhere he's been. I mean, he, he turned things around very quickly in Portugal and in Greece. Um, obviously, Hull City, he got an upturn and mm. results there very, very quickly. Obviously, not quite good enough, unfortunately, and was then poached by Watford. And we know what happened at Watford. And, you know, we know why, you know, they believe it all went wrong there. So I think, you know, he needs to be given a little bit of time to establish, you know, some kind of dynasty at Everton to get his own ideas in place and uh, an entire new backroom staff as well is being brought in you know so you know again it needs time for you know, the players there to get to know those methods and you know so put them into practice I think we just have to be patient bottom line is though that I think we're going to see a different style of football next season and that was the important thing uh, because we're not going to go over old grounds with you know so the reasons why Sam Allardyce wasn't the right man for the job but you know I think Evertonians the phrase I used in a piece uh, going out later is that you know the football we saw tail end of last season would put a glass eye to sleep it was it was like deadly dull to watch I think Everton just want to be out of their seats a few times next season and you know Marcus Silva will be aware of that and he'll know the style of football that he's got to reproduce did he ever put a head of sport to sleep <laughs> well we'll have to wait and see on that one <laughs> no absolutely not I quite like Marcus Silva and um, you know the brief you know times I've you know I've been in his company only at press conferences uh, I remember when uh, Watford you know came to Goodison last season and he was quite robust with the uh, the local media from mm. Watford he was uh, I wouldn't say having you know sort of stand up rows with them but you know he was he putting his own views across quite forcibly um, obviously he's going to have to be a very very strong character this I would say is comfortably the biggest job you know so he's ever had I'm not decrying Sporting Lisbon or Olympiacos who are very very big you know so in their own countries uh, but I think this is comfortably the biggest job he's had and um, you know I, I'm rooting for him. I hope he turns it round. Ian Marco, in his in his uh, official words in the club statement today, has said he's talked about trying to rebuild the connection between the fans and the team and the way the team are playing. Given what you've read of uh, the stuff that's come out and you've watched watched the video, how impressed have you been with what Marco was saying? And is, has he been hitting the right notes for Evertonians? It's a tough one, isn't it? Because I remember when um, Ronald Koeman was appointed um, not too long ago, and I think. When he came out, a lot of people were, were impressed with him. First impressions are important, don't get me wrong, but like it's only time is going to tell and the style of play. And at the end of the day, if he keeps, if he wins football matches, then he's going to be in a job and Everton fans will get right, right behind him. First impressions are important, don't get me wrong. Like I said before, I watched the video and it gave me some goosebumps, but that's because I'm an Everton fan. I'm, I'm you know, relatively happy with the appointments and there's a plan moving forward now. Um, it looks like the club. You know, is on the up, but um, I don't think we can expect miracles in the first season, at least. So, you know, I'm going to go the game as I'm sure a lot of the Blues are, with you know, the heads held up high, and hopefully they can just get right behind that. I think first impressions are very important like you say there. I remember David Moyes' opening press comments and the famous people's club phrase that, you know, won him a bit of time, you know, because if you think, you know, uh, results improved initially under David Moyes, but it wasn't very soon long before he was getting beaten six-two up at Newcastle, yeah. and you know there were, there were a couple of you know so high-profile you know defeats, but you know that bought him a little bit of time. Likewise, when Sam Allardyce arrived, I don't think you know many Amazon fans were massively enamoured with the appointments, and they were looking you know to, to 
pick holes in it. And I remember the image of him walking into Goodison Park uh, behind Farhad Mashiri talking on his mobile phone and people saying, oh, look at him, he's rude. He's talking on his phone while he's with the club owner. So I, I think, you know, Marco Silva will arrive with the best wishes of Evertonians and they will want him to succeed. And if he says the right things at his press conference uh, uh, next week, um, I'm sure he will get off on the right footing. I mean, he's already said the right things in the, uh, the press release that was put out today uh, and noted that uh, attacking football seemed to be mentioned many, many times by a number of different personalities. Uh, so now I think... Uh, and is, sorry to interrupt. And is that ultimately the, 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 the nub of this? Because he plays a certain way. Is that, because, is that why Everton have gone after this guy? Because he plays attacking football? Uh, that's a large part of it yeah definitely I mean obviously results is the bottom line I mean you know so managers stand and fall by results but modern football that that's not all you know if you're going to finish seventh or eighth in the table as Everton have done the last few seasons you want to see football that's worth watching you don't want to see football that you know puts you to sleep like you know some of the games last season did I mean Ronald Koeman the previous season finished seventh only one place difference but we saw some real high profile you know victories you know 4-0 against Manchester City there were games that sent you know the supporters away with the spring in their step and so yeah Marco Silva you will know he's got to get the fans excited and I think what, what's really important is just give the club its identity back because it does seem to have lost that uh, in recent you know seasons Ronald Koeman you know massive name in European football but seemed a little bit distant a little bit aloof at times you know he was never really embraced as one of us if you like as an Evertonian uh, in the same way that Roberto Martinez was you know so in the early days of his regime that, that's one of the, the biggest things for me the, the, the positives yeah. Marco Silva wants to be at Goodison Park yeah. he wants to be at Everton like the last managerial appointment or the, the last big managerial appointment Everton did in Ronald Koeman he didn't really want to be there how many yeah. offers did it take for Koeman to finally accept a, a job at Everton and I remember he did an interview um, um, with with the club, probably on a holiday at a villa. And I just felt something was a bit fishy. Why are you on holiday? Yeah, why yeah, you're on, yeah. Well, not why you're on holiday. I don't know. I just felt like he didn't really want to be there. He didn't want to accept the job. He did because at the end of the day, he was getting paid a load of money. But this whole process for me, from start to finish, Marco Silva has wanted to be at Everton Football Club. So Ian, because you obviously had said you'd favoured a higher profile appointment, so. Given what you've just said, can you now understand why the football club actually have almost gone in the opposite way? And yeah, Marco Silva is known, he's, he's managing the Premier League, but in many ways he isn't the safe bet, is he? He is somebody who's got baggage, if you like, and has, has had issues. So is it almost a, is it a brave and bold move by the football club to actually go, yeah, we could have spent money and gone and attracted a, a name, but we've gone and got somebody who we actually believe can bring football that will produce results and bring what the fans want no absolutely and you know any managerial appointment is a gamble at the end of the day um, you know he's in charge now and he's in place and we've got to get behind him um, I just think if the fa- if he doesn't do um, what the fans want him to over the course of you know this season or next are they going to are they going to stay behind him I don't know I don't know what the the situation is going to no, be no football does seem to be changing and you know fans are probably more fickle now than they've ever been and you know likewise you know boardrooms um, seem to make knee-jerk you know, decisions now very very quickly which is why you know patience is important from boardroom level and you know passionate support you know from the fans mm. it was interesting actually when uh, you know the last match of the season when uh, David Moyes and Sam Allardyce were delivering their respective post-match press conferences 
And uh, Sam clearly knew he was on borrowed time, came in and he was snappy, he was bristling, he was accusing journalists of writing lies. You know, he was, it lasted about three minutes. It was quite an you know, unpleasant experience. Moyes came in and he was basically given a bit of a curveball, you know, said that, you know, Evertonian's better than most. Are you surprised that they haven't got, you know, they haven't embraced Sam Allardyce and, you know, enjoyed his reign? And he was very, very good. He said, well, I can't say anything bad about Evertonians because they gave me so much support, certainly in the early days when I had a couple of, you know, sort of rocky spells. Um, and I think Evertonians, uh, trying to choose my words carefully here, I'm not, you know, utter, utter profanities, but, you know, Bullshine. You know, Everton fans don't like managers that, you know, come out with insincere comments, the stuff, you know, that they can see through. They just want people to be upfront with them. And uh, that's happened in the past with, you know, sort of a number of recent managerial appointments. So as long as Marco Silva is honest, he's committed, and he just tells, you know, the fans as things are, I think they'll get behind him. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as they see a manager who's committed to the cause and isn't trying to put a, a, a gloss on it that isn't actually there, I think he'll be okay. Certainly was a lesson that was not heeded by a couple of uh, recent managers, Preno indeed. So uh, a good point there indeed. And just, I mean, before you knew of Everton's interest, uh, lads, back in October, will it have been now, when we were looking for a new manager after Koeman was sacked, before we were aware of of, of Everton's interest in Marco Silva, what was your impression, Ian, I'll start with you, what was your impression of Marco Silva's Hull and Watford? Did you think, there's a young manager who could do something, or do you think... Teams are a bit flaky, you know. Hull went down, Watford are up and down. What, what did you think? I didn't really have much of an impression of him, to be honest. I thought when he when he first started off for Hull, he, you know, they were in a relegation dogfight, um, and he's come from you know a couple of European leagues, top teams where he's done quite well, and he's come to the Premier League, and you know, again he he, he obviously has a lot of um, thought in his own ability because he thought I can keep Hull up here, and he did. You know quite well with them, albeit they, they went down, and then obviously he's moved on to Watford. And I feel like it was maybe at the time a left field one. I, I just didn't didn't see much much in him, which is why it sounds like I'm being negative negative on it. Um, and his win ratio in the Premier League's like say it, it's poor really, but he has been with teams that have been that you would say low, lower in the league. To, to be fair, he was flying in the early part of last season. It was only those nasty guys from Everton that you know derailed uh, things at Vicarage Road. Um, you concerned by that run Preno and the fact that you know Conte Watford the unwarranted reproach approach from Everton was was the. Uh, Catalyst and the big factor in in Watford's one win in eleven games, which ultimately saw Marco sacked. Are you concerned that that Marco allowed that to happen, or that was you know an influence and and that did happen? You know, it coincided. Does that worry you at all? I wouldn't say worried, but no, it's got to be you know a little bit of an eyebrow raiser. But you know, we have seen that happen many times. You know, a number of clubs. Uh, when it's clear that a manager has designs elsewhere or is about to go somewhere. We've seen it at Arsenal so many times. Alex Ferguson said it was a major mistake, you know, when he revealed that, you know, he was about to step down at Old Trafford and then eventually changed his mind. You know, players do react, you know, when they see, you know, a manager at the top who clearly isn't likely to stick around. We saw it at Everton, you know, know, David Unsworth's experience, when, you know, Mm. I'm convinced he would have had better results if he'd have been given the job till the end of the season, say, or, you know, a bit more authority. So, no, it's an eyebrow raiser rather than a concern. Um, You know, that's in the past now. I think it's all about, you know, what he does, uh, you know, immediately in terms of uh, signings in in the next few weeks. And you know the pre-season friendlies, you know, kind of football against them playing. I, I think we're in a day and age where things get leaked all the time now, and it was it was unfortunate for Wofford at the time, 
um, because obviously, like you say, they were doing well. They were they were flying, um, and obviously players were putting one hundred percent in for Marco Silva for the club um, when this w- was leaked, and it, it seemed like it was true, which it, obviously it, it did seem to be. Everton put a, an approach in for for Silva. The players probably thought, well, I'm not I'm not playing for you, um, and it is very difficult to co- to come back from that, but. You know, on the bright side for us, he wanted to come to Everton Football Club, and he's here now, and hopefully, he can do big things. You won't if you do a quick Google search. You won't be short of finding articles and quotes from from players who've played under Marco Silva who have glowing references and tributes to him. You know, particularly when things have been going well. Preno, I mean, you'd be forgiven if you're Umani Asher having a grin as wide as the Mersey today, <laughs> yeah. of course. But who in the Everton squad do you think? the current Everton squad of course will be absolutely relishing this appointment it's a difficult one to, to answer that because I think there's so much surgery that needs taking to that Everton squad at the moment I mean we've said on these pods many times before how the squad's average age is far too high um, and you know it needs to be addressed you know as a matter of urgency there needs to be more energy there needs to be more dynamism in the squad and that is the kind of football that you know Marco Silva appears to like he likes teams that press you know higher up the pitch and win possession in the final third but you know looking at it from the outside looking in you know obviously the fullbacks you know if he's going to be playing uh, an attacking style of football you know Seamus Coleman and Leighton Baines are tailor made for that I hope uh, he can, you know, get a tune out of Gilfie Sigurdsson, who's a player I like enormously. Who, um, you know, Everton missed him badly when he when he was injured last season. Cheng Tosin's an interesting one because you know he is such a good finisher, but an out and out centre forward. And I know he's played with those kind of strikers, you know, certainly at Watford. Will he fit into what he's trying to uh, produce, at Everton? We don't know. Time will tell. I think that one is to be marked in the pending basket, really. Um, but I think we'll, we'll see new faces uh, arriving this summer as much as you know, players who are already at the club uh, being redeveloped. But the young players, you know, I think the players who are on the periphery, Tom Davis, I think, you know, is ideal uh, for you know, Marco Silva. You know, such a technically gifted young fella, but also you know, so with a great engine on him and great enthusiasm. Maybe a bit too soon for the likes of Benny Beningamy, but you know, pl- players like that, the younger players, you know, sort of looking to make a move forward. Ian, on the flip side, then, who in the current Everton squad will have looked at Marco Silva's appointment today and gone, I think my time could be up here? I think that there's a whole host of players there, to be honest. Um, if I'm going to pick one out, maybe I would, I would pick a name out, not just because of Marco Silva, but just because maybe his time is up at Everton and Ashley Williams, to be honest. Um, a lot of speculation recently on the future of Michael Keane but I think he'll be given another season at least he's young he's fresh he didn't have the greatest season it was a debut season after a season where he did really well for Burnley um, he's got a lot of growing to do mentally physically um, and you know his, his football brain will improve over time that just comes with with experience um, just back to your original question with Dave I was, I was going to echo what he said with uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson but the one standout for me could be Sandro Ramirez. Really come back, yeah. Well, yeah. I just, I just yeah. think if you're going to do it, you might as well do it now yeah. with um, Marco Silva. Um, Interesting point, that yeah, because you know he might himself because he's made it clear all along he's happy with where he is in Spain, doesn't want to come back. Yeah. But a new coach could change that dynamic yeah. totally. You yeah. never know. It's, you know, they're both from um, that part of the world or thereabouts. Um, if there's anyone going to get the best out of Sandro, it, it could be, it could be him. I, I think the interesting one, uh, you know, I think it wouldn't be any great surprise to hear Schneiderlin's name. You know, some mentioned as a possible yeah. departure stroke absentee this summer. I mean, I know at the, the end of season awards night at the Dixies where all the players were sat right in front of us. 
And uh, his body language that night wasn't particularly enthusiastic, should we politely say. Clearly a man who didn't really want to be there. To be fair, it reminded me of how Ross Barkley had been in the previous uh, year at the, at the same awards night. And I've heard mentions, you know, amongst, uh, you know, some people in authority at Goodison that they believe his uh, end of season form, which was very good, was largely because, you know, he was playing to get away because he's trying to impress potential mm. suitors. I, I think it could be players who are good on the ball, technically. Yeah. And at the end of the day, Snarland didn't have a great season, but, you know, when he is on the ball, he is quite comfortable. Yeah. Right, he does always look to tend to pick the easy pass. He, he never, you know, picks that, you know, worldy pass. But players who we've got who can, you know, pass a ball or got a good touch, keep the ball, like the likes of Sigurdsson and the likes of Snarland, I think they'll only benefit from that style of play that Marco Silva's going to want to play. And, of course, the big... The big question and the big uh, issue for Marco Silva and Marcel Brands to resolve pretty quickly is the future of Wayne Rooney, who will have talks with the pair of them soon, we believe, to decide where he fits into the plans. Obviously, Preno, we're not privy to that conversation yet, but from your point of view, where does Wayne fit in or does he not fit in? From everything I've heard from people at Everton is that Wayne doesn't want to go. Um, he was, I wouldn't say forced out, but you know when he was made clear to him that you know Everton might be prepared to listen to offers from America stroke China he was a little bit surprised to hear that and then thought well if that is the case I may as well listen to what they're having to say personally I've said it before I'd be completely unfazed by the situation you know I wasn't massively enthusiastic about the idea of bringing him back in the first place he's had moments last season when he's done okay but again we're talking about you know a manager that we're anticipating a high energy uh, you know, so high pressing style of football, and you know Wayne Rooney has showed that you know he struggles sometimes against the highest, very best opposition playing that kind of football. Um, if he goes to America, I think it could be best for him. I think it could be best for Everton Football Club. Whether Wayne shares that view remains to be seen. Well, I was going to say, Preno, is there a value in having Wayne Rooney's experience, class, his, and the fact that? Royal blue blood courses through his veins. Is that not a value for 12 months for Marco Silva, a manager coming into a huge football club, the biggest football club, arguably, of his career? Is Wayne Rooney and having an adult conversation going, look, Wayne, I can play you in so many games, you have to be managed, but I want you in and around this dressing room. It is valuable, provided he's prepared to accept that, and I don't think he will. I think he wants to play pretty much you know, week in, week out. And I think that was, you know, the issue we had towards the end of the season with uh, with Sam Allardyce. Even though Sam Allardyce made it patently clear that they hadn't fallen out, you know, they had uh, very grown-up conversations. But clearly, Wayne was frustrated uh, at not being played week in, week out. And I think the same situation will persist. You know, I think if he's uh, if he's not playing, I don't think he'll want to be at the football club. That's the thing, though, as well, because obviously he can't play every week. He can't. He can't do it. So if he's on the bench, are the people at the you know at the top of the club going to be saying, "Why have we got a player on?" over 100 grand a week sat on the bench you know that is that question going to be asked to Marco Silva I assume Wayne's going to have this conversation with um, Brandon Silva and say am I going to play every week because yeah. I'm sure he would say he could but absolutely yeah, at the end of, that, yeah. yeah at the end of the day he's Marco Silva's probably going to say no one's guaranteed a starting starting place in the team no. um, so it might be best for Wayne to go personally if he wants to leave I, you know, as a blue, you'd love to see him win a trophy, and I'm sure he's desperate to win a trophy with Everton. Is it worth staying one more season to see if that could, you know, come to fruition? I, I think it could be worth it because I'm sure teams in uh, or clubs in America will still uh, try and go for his services the season after next. So I don't know. It's a tough one. 
Indeed it is. And just before we wrap up, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll ask uh, one final question and debate this, because this is worth a podcast in its own. Marcel Brands and Marco Silva have obviously been talking, but they're now officially both working at Football Club. Marcel starts tomorrow. Transfers and squad reshaping is obviously a huge, hugely at the top of the agenda. It is their immediate focus. Which position, if a new striker was the priority in January, which position in signings is a priority this summer? Oh, my word. You can say that the club, the, the squad needs surgery all the way through, you know, certainly right down the middle, goalkeeper accepted, um, you know, a new centre-half, um, certainly new blood in the centre of midfield. Uh, obviously, the situation in the wide areas was addressed to a degree with Theo Walcott, who has been a very good signing. I still think, though, Emerson need a top-class striker. I like Cheng Tosin, and, you know, he's a decent finisher, uh, but, you know, he's not the most mobile. He's not, you know, the, a centre-forward suited, you know, to an energetic high-press style. Uh, good finisher, though, he is. I still think Everton needs you know, another top-class centre-forward. They, they've never replaced Romelu Lukaku adequately. Cheng Tosin is not quite, you know, so, well, he's not in that kind of class. And I think that's one of the, you know, the, the best signings Martinez made at Everton Football Club, bringing in Lukaku, you know, great player. And, you know, I still can't believe when I hear Man United fans slagging him off, you know, it's just absolutely baffling. Um, looking at what's going to happen at Man United, you know, there's talk of Gareth Bale maybe ending up there. You know, they've already got, you know, so Sanchez there. Could there be players made available there? Martial, Rashford, I don't know. But I'm, I'm thinking players of that quality, Emerson, need to be looking at. Uh, a striker with pace and with absolute quality. That, that's what I'd like to see as a priority. Ian, same question to you, Paul. Yeah, I think um, what's going on a little bit under the radar, I think, is the left side of uh, the left side of the pitch, really. You've got Leighton Baines, who's uh, been quite injury-prone over the past 18 months. Um, obviously, he's come back. Um, but he's not getting he's not getting any younger either. And then you've got Balassi, who um, is just so inconsistent, who we paid a lot of money for. Um, he's probably more comfortable on the right. He's probably a victim of his own versatility in that he, respect. He isn't is, he? but you know we've we've just paid twenty million pounds for Theo Walcott, who has settled in quite nicely on the right side of midfield. Um, like they've said, there's a whole host of uh, positions that need filling, especially centre back. Um, probably could do with another mid, uh, midfielder as well. Um, certainly a striker. But that left-hand side, creativity-wise, um, is becoming an important factor. And if you look back at the times when Everton have been quite successful over the past couple of years, and I'm talking about when Baines and P&R were, were both on that left-hand side, we scored a lot of our goals uh, from that side of the pitch. And that's just an area that's just dried up, I, I feel. So in summary, the lads say that Brands and, Ma- and uh, Marco Silva will be very, very busy this summer. And we, uh, we hope that's the case. And what promises to be a... Uh, a quite significant uh, few months ahead of the new season on August the 9th. So thank you very much for listening to this uh, special edition of the Royal Blue Podcast where we discuss the appointment of Marco Silva as Everton's new manager. Stay tuned with uh, the Royal Blue Podcast and with the Liverpool Echo Online for all the best news and uh, analysis from the Blues. Thanks very much. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.